Welcome home. This is Audio EXP for the 3rd of September 2022. And the title of this episode is Wizards of the Coast Foul Up, Fandom Fleas, and Tabletop Scotland Booms. Battle Axes and Brimstone are in the spotlight this month, as voted for by patrons. The poll for that wrapped up on Thursday, and that was the night of my day job's end of summer party, where I donned a poncho, mounted a bucking bronco, and could hang on for 28 seconds only. So, Battle Axes and Brimstone don't yet know they've won. I will get in touch with them this week. If you are a site patron, and I was really pleased to see some new faces this month, thank you. You can also vote in October's poll, and the candidates are The Cobalt Grinder, Symphony Entertainment, Army Blanche Games, Dapper Rabbit Games, and The Grey Fox Literary. There wasn't a podcast last week, as I was in Perth, the old capital of Scotland, for a gaming convention. I promised to do a recap of that, and I will, but let's tackle this week's breaking news with Wizards of the Coast apologising for letting racist concepts into spell drama. The idea of some white explorer finding a tribe of primitives and uplifting them to be nearly like him, but not quite as clever, is straight out of racist imperialism. It's super awkward that Wizards of the Coast had to inspell drama with actual monkey people as the primitive race, and it boggles the mind that it got through sensitivity readers. It's a cringe that one monkey person was even illustrated as a bard that looks straight out of the Jim Crow era. Yet, that's precisely what happened with spell dramas Hadzozi. The D&D team has hurried out an apology and an errata. Sadly, what doesn't boggle my mind is the expected backlash. I've seen gamers suggest that wizards have been cowed by the woke crowd. They haven't. This was a mistake. Almost anyone could see it, and they're now trying to fix it. And woke is not a pejorative. I've also seen people who don't get why it's racist. And if you've lived a very sheltered life, then uh, maybe this perception is possible. But otherwise, I think it requires a deliberate effort to shut down even basic attempts to think this one through. It must be tough being an RPG publisher, right? The smaller companies have a nightmare fight for any profit whatsoever, and the bigger ones face such a split audience. No wonder fandom has left the market. Previously, they sold D&D Beyond to Wizards of the Coast for millions, and that made sense since it was a licensing deal, and it felt like D&D would want it back in-house sooner or later. However, that still left fandom with titles like the forthcoming Masters of the Universe RPG and the Dragon Prince RPG and other Cortex games. It also left them with Cortex, and plans to fulfil, finally, the promised Cortex creators marketplace. Not anymore. Cortex and the Dragon Prince license has been sold to a games company called Direwolf Digital. Despite the name, Direwolf Digital has gotten into physical games. The He-Man RPG Legends of Grayskull might not have been moved and may now be paused. And there's been even less said about the Cortex marketplace. What do you think this means for Cortex? A managed retreat or a new life? Osprey Publishing is a company that moved into the market in recent years and seems to be doing okay. The latest RPG 
is written by Mark Galliotti, a history professor and an expert in Russian intelligence. The game is Gran Mechanismo and is a clockpunk alternative history in which Machiavelli gets his hands on basic computers. We're still to see if Osprey has much more in the way of RPG plans for 2023, so that will be telling. A potentially new company on the scene is Bancroft Publishing. This newbie has signed a deal with Dragon Turtle Games to help get Carbon 2185, the 5e-powered cyberpunk, and the Kickstarter-stalled Terminal Overdrive out. I think something is going on there. I get angry comments and emails from people fed up for waiting for the supplement, and they are rarely charismatic. But at the same time, just where and why did Bancroft come from? Would it look dodgy if it turned out to be a behind-the-scenes connection to Dragon Turtle? A game, still somewhere off Kickstarter, but surely headed there, is The World Below, and I heard about that at Tabletop Scotland. Onyx Path, which has some British writers, co-sponsored the 2,000-plus strong convention and had a panel session. I cheekily asked some questions about their relationship with DriveThruRPG plus Roll20, and learnt that OPP is undoubtedly watching the VTT and market space. The OPP team enthusiastically talked about the war below, a new creation from them, and an entirely new slice of intellectual property. Survivors from some sort of apocalypse have fled underground to find that there are already others here, and some monsters. There's also a corrupting and mutating magic. In some ways, the game is about how power corrupts and what people do when they get it. Do they trust themselves to make the world better if they keep it all to themselves? Or do they share it and hope that it is neither whisked from their well-intended hands nor misused by others? The world below will use the next evolution of Story Path and that Story Path Ultra. And it's still very much in development. If I had to guess, we will not see a Kickstarter until 2023. A setting that we will see in Kickstarter before then is Tetsubo, and if you are an old Warhammer fan, then yes, this is the whispered legend of Tetsubo. When Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay was young, Dave Morris and Jamie Thompson designed this distant setting from far beyond Cathay, but Games Workshop did not pick the project up. It's been talked about ever since. Now, Earl of Five Games has signed a licensing deal with the creators. It won't be a Warhammer game, but it will use the Heroes and Hardship Universal setting, which is coming from Earl of Fife. And while we're talking Kickstarter, I want to mention Sneak Attack Press's A Graveyard of the Gods, because Matthew Hansen has guested for Geek Native with Gifts from Dead Gods. Graveyard of the Gods is a spell drama Kickstarter, and Gifts is a hex crawl table for people exploring the body of a dead space god. And that's not something many DMs have already pre-prepared. Or, if you want something now, not 5e and free, then why not download Challenge Dungeon? It's a 162-page translation from a successful Japanese tabletop RPG, and it is available for zero bucks from DriveThruRPG. You will find links to these games in the transcript, which you can access from the show notes. Quick sales are on, but ill-suited to a two-week podcast catch-up. So although there's a bit more to say in this po- this week, let's do the bundles that are still running. At the bundle of holding, 
Greenodon have 320 on offer with the core rules in the lower tier. There's also a double dose of Dungeon Crawl classics from Goodman Games. On Humble, in welcome news for world builders and GMs, there's the Maps Spectacular, in which you will find cartography software. Now, thank you for putting up with Audio EXP, the Geek Native podcast, skipping a week while I was at Tabletop Scotland. I shared loot pictures down Discord, and I might turn that into a channel. The feedback on that idea is welcome. My time challenges continue, and yes, it's self-inflicted mainly, but not exclusively so. It took me many days, too many days, to notice that the Daily Digest email was not coming from the blog. Sorry about that. That took several plugin makers and my host, Pagely, to investigate for me, and I had to resolve it right by rebuilding everything from scratch, with help. However, the site still seems sluggish, and I'm struggling to determine why. That's why Routinely Itemized didn't make the midnight deadline this week, coming out in the early hours of Saturday morning. It takes hours to do each Routinely Itemized, and I have finally gone dark side and written a gentle scraper for Kickstarter to harvest descriptions and names for the write-up. I hope to get the balance right, but to save at least an hour compared to writing it by hand. So, with all that done, does that mean we're out of the woods all the way up until Scotland loves anime? No, sorry, I have a gig in Glasgow between then and that, and then I also have a jinxed trip to tabletop gaming life in Manchester. I gave in to the urge of a press pass, not to save money, because it's barely the cost of a meal, and it's nothing on the travel and hotel, but I wanted the access. Then I cashed in on Hilton Points to secure a lovely treat for myself room after all this madness. The catch for that, no refunds. Next, I discover there are no longer direct Edinburgh to Manchester flights and there will be a train driver strike that weekend. So, I'm on a coach. I'll be spending half a day that weekend on that coach and I will get to Manchester only a few hours before Tabletop Gaming Live finishes. Not ideal. I'll be shattered too. But if you're going and hanging around on Saturday night, as I will be, hit me up. On that note, beware travel gremlins and I will see you next week, but not the weekend after that, which is the Manchester coach trip of doom.